welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast is sponsored by Shift4 Payments. Shift4 is the leader in integrated payment processing, delivering a complete ecosystem of solutions that extend beyond payments to include a wide range of commerce enabling services. Shift4's groundbreaking technologies help power the company's Harbor Touch, Restaurant Manager, Posit Touch, and future POS brands, as well as over 350 additional software integrations in virtually every industry. Shift4's reseller partners benefit from disruptive pricing, the latest POS and payments technology, free EMV devices, and unmatched revenue opportunities, including lucrative upfront bonuses and an industry-leading revenue share. For more information, visit shift4resellers.com. That's shift the number four, resellers.com. All right, in this episode, we'll focus on opportunities and challenges for women in today's Retail IT channel with two award-winning members of the RSPA community. Nell Alverson joined ScanSource in 2005 and today serves as the company's director of channel marketing. Nell has been active with the RSPA's membership committee and earlier this year at Retail Now in Nashville, she was one of two members honored as 2021 WW Leaders of the Year. Nell, congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here and it was great to see you uh, and the ScanSource team in Nashville in person. It was certainly wonderful to do that. The second member named WW Leader of the Year for 2021 is our second guest. Brianna Brown joined APG Cash Store in 2009 as a marketing coordinator, and today she's the company's global marketing manager. Brianna has been one of the longtime thought leaders of the RSPA Marketing Committee, and she's led the way at APG to frequently contribute to the RSPA Community IQ Resource Center. Brianna, congratulations to you as well, and great to see you again. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. So, Brianna, I haven't seen you in a while. I understand you were out most of the summer. What were you doing? Are you just hanging out by the pool, pursuing a life of leisure? What were you doing? <laughs> I wish. Uh, I had my third child, um, a son. I now have three kids. And so I've, I'm back in the throes of it and excited to, to be here today. Well, congratulations and, and glad to have you back. And for everybody, uh, Brianna is a marketing pro. And so she, when through all your pregnancies, right, it was, when you announced we have a brownie in the oven. So I yeah. just really appreciate that. Like not just- I had a pregnant. shirt as well. Did you really? Yeah. Fabulous, wonderful. Well, thank you again. Thank you both for, for being here. And I'm really interested to hear both of your perspectives on our topic again, opportunities and challenges for women in today's retail IT channel, because both of you have really seized opportunities and also encountered challenges during your career. So let's start with the opportunities. And now if you can go first, what do you see as one of one or two of the biggest opportunities for women in our industry today? Yeah, so I I am thrilled to still be in this industry and see what's happening, Jim, um, because there is a lot of opportunity um, that, quite frankly, uh, 27 years ago when I started in this and in this role, um, I really didn't know what the opportunity was. Um, uh, and so seeing it now is, is great. Um, I think that uh, there's more visibility now to the opportunities that are out in our industry. And that gives folks um, the ability to kind of find out, hey, where do I fit best, right? Um, where do I take my strengths and what I'm good at? 
and be able to contribute in, in this industry. And so, you know, Brianna and I are both in marketing roles, um, but that is, you know, there, there's, that's one of many. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, once you get into a role in this industry, um, you know, look around you and see, you know, what else is available then, and what are the other ways that you can contribute. Um, not to do a pitch for RSPA, but I think that, you know, that is one great resource that folks should use to, to um, you know, seize the opportunities and take advantage of um, understanding what those are. But I think also the flexibility um, in what the past year and a half has kind of forced us to ad adapt and adopt to working remotely even more so than, than some of the roles that were already doing that in this, this space. Um, has allowed more opportunity for especially women, I think, to balance that and be able to be flexible, but um, still be able to contribute in roles that maybe they thought they couldn't previously. So, um, you know, I'm not calling out any one specific role. I just think there's a lot out there that um, folks need to be aware of and to take advantage of. And I think businesses are um, more aware of this human aspect within our industry and finding ways to balance, um, you know, life and work. And they understand that. And I think they, they understand that the more um, balance there is for their employees in these roles, they're going to be more productive. They're going to um, positively, positively impact the business from that aspect. So I think that that also opens up more opportunity as well um, relative to the industry. And thank you for that. Now, you mentioned, you know, it was different from 27 years ago. Can you mm -hmm. contrast, you know, what was it like 27 years ago from an opportunity or lack of opportunity? Yeah, standpoint? I, I, and I can uh, vividly remember um, going to my first, what was then ICRDA show um, and 27 years ago and um, being at a dinner uh, one evening and looking around the table and I was the only female at that table. Um, and so that was uh, scary a little bit, right, to go, what have I gotten myself into? Um, but it was all, it also made me question why. Why were there not more women around the table, right? And I was in a role that literally was hands-on um, installing systems. And that gave me uh, the opportunity to uh, understand the business from a very different perspective um, than most people that were in that role, right, were, were male. Um, to be honest, but it also gave me an opportunity to meet a lot of people and get that um, kind of ground experience and then see what other roles there were um, within not only the company that I was with at the time, but across the, the years that I've, I've worked. So yeah, it's, it's now when I sit at the table at RSPA and retail now and, and the different events, um, there's a lot more women and I'm proud. I'm proud to be a part of that group. Yeah, and it wasn't just that you picked the one table that only had the guys at it. You could have sat at almost any table, right, in that yeah. room. Yeah. It would have been, it'd have been all guys. And just for folks, uh, ICRD80 is the Independent Cash Register Dealer Association. It had been merged with the SDA to form what is today's um, RSPA. And I can say going through the history books, there were a lot of things that were like, here's everything for the attendees and for their wives. Right. Like mm -hmm. that was how things were just framed up because, yeah, mm -hmm. like you said, not so long ago, that's that's how it was. So, well, thank you for that. Brianna, from your perspective, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for women in our industry today? Mm -hmm. I would echo a lot of the sentiments that Nell had. I know that remote work 
um, has enabled employers to offer greater flexibility for working women professionals. Companies are providing more empathy around the challenges of working while potentially having kids at home. There's a larger focus on the employee foundational values and the support structure that allows them and empowers them to excel within their professional career. Uh, there are also more opportunities out there for remote work. Um, companies have been forced to pivot and adapt and that new model works. Telecommute roles allow women to work from any geography, regardless of their location. Work cultures built around accountability and autonomy are, are now the new norm. And then lastly, within our industry, I foresee a larger exodus of some older generations. And so there's room for women to climb that corporate ladder. And there's more momentum around equal opportunities and social issues have pushed employers to standardize and become an employer of choice for all. Got it. Okay. And do you mind sharing? We talked about this beforehand. Like you have a, a black curtain behind you, so you're working from home today. Like, <laughs> do you have, do you mind sharing what's behind that curtain? Yes. Um, it's all of the uh, accoutrement that comes around with raising three children. So uh, <laughs> the colorful stuff is now blocked by a gray curtain. Got it. And can you talk a little bit maybe about your journey from an opportunity standpoint inside of APG over the past several years in terms of what have you been afforded in order in, you know, to be able to work from home and the flexibility that you kind of talked about in a general sense, if you don't mind me asking? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I started um, at APG with a more um, narrowly focused role, but given the opportunities to grow and pivot, uh, to grow within other departments um, and, and take on leadership roles. So um, my company has been, I've been very fortunate in that they lean on family first and naturally during the times of covid um, we've all had to mitigate and work around the stressors of raising kids at home homeschooling and things of that nature so i think um, by in enforcing or realizing that employees uh, care more about or not care more but have a, a great foundation at home and and enforcing what matters most to them um, will make them more successful overall Got it. Thank you. All right. So that was the opportunities. There are challenges, obviously, for women in the channel, for sure. And so I have a few that I want to ask you about. Uh, first, you know, I want to ask you about that a little bit. But first, I want to hear what you think are the top challenges from your perspective. So, Brianna, if you can take this one first, what is your take on the top challenges for women in our industry today? Um, to go back to the work-life balance, um, COVID has offered many doors for that balance. But the boundaries of work and home life have blurred even more, which opens up its own set of challenges. In COVID, we no longer have that standard nine to five working hours. The commutes are cut out, but we're now on, I think more than ever as digital natives, we're connected to our workload at all times. There's so many ways that you're checking email and just being on top of, of your game. I think another challenge that women in general have is that they are deemed the invisible laborers of the household. It's the work that they do that's not normally or immediately visible or recognized, but it's so incredibly valuable. There's a unique skill set that women have. Our culture has brought us up to be nurturers, caregivers, planners, and providers of social support. And these qualities are applicable and scale quickly to many professional roles outside of the household. Women are proficient about organization, communication, they're typically falling within that nurturing role for their children. 
they're handling and orchestrating a lot of the social events, intramural activities, including sports, doctor visits, school appointments, birthday parties, haircuts, meal prep, you name it, Christmas photos, PTA, vet appointments, family functions, more. So while I think this term of invisible labor, it, it's a challenge in the management of such work, it becomes overlooked and underappreciated, yet it encompasses a range of professional skill sets that become valuable for any organizational growth and profitability. And these women, regardless if they have kids or not, uh, they deliver on deadlines, they run a tight ship, communicate clearly and provide clarity and organization in a world of chaos and dysfunction. These working women are proficient at being able to navigate, putting together plans and come out with solutions. They foster social relationships by relating and identifying with unique personalities and key decision makers. So I think it's the acknowledgement of this invisible labor and second shift um, that becomes a challenge um, for many women today. Yeah, can you talk about, so like women and men for the most part are different, right? In a lot of ways, but then there's also where women get pigeonholed into the traditional, mm-hmm. like here's the role of the of the woman. And, you know, again, nobody asks a guy when they're traveling to a lot of trade shows, like, well, who's home watching your kids, right? But if a woman has a really, you know, significant travel schedule, you know, she oftentimes gets that question. Mm-hmm. I guess, can you speak to that at all, Brianna, in terms of like, is it, you know, equal parts of those two things? Is it part tradition, part, um, you know, where again, men and women are different? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think now during COVID, there's probably more visibility to it and that um, Mm -hmm. not only are women um, taking on a lot of these activities, but men as well. There's a change in the traditional dynamic within the household. I believe that uh, my husband included has more visibility to all the things that I'm doing and mentally preparing for in my head, um, that labor as you will. But um, I think it's gotten a lot better um, and we'll probably see um, more change in the future as it relates to men and women and, and taking on those responsibilities. Got it. So the t- traditional roles will be be a little bit blended, it sounds like, is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Uh, now, what do you see as significant challenges uh, for women in our channel? Yeah, so I, I echo a little bit about what Brianna was saying about, you know, now that we are working remotely and, um, you know, not in an office uh, every day, right? Sometimes we, I think we have put some of the challenge on ourselves to, you um, feel like we've got to work longer hours or we've got to, you know, do more in order to be seen, right? You talk about um, being invisible, right? You don't want anybody to think you're not, you know, doing your work. And I think, um, you know, I kind of fell into that myself a little bit when we first started working, you know, from home. I'd worked in an office, well, not technically in an office um, for 27 years, but in an office for the last, you know, 15 or 16, the first part of my career was traveling. And so I learned to work remotely, you know, when I was doing that, but I felt um, like I had to, you know, make sure everybody knew I was on, you know, almost uh, 24-7 almost. So those boundaries, you know, you got to set those boundaries for yourself, right? I think we have to take responsibility to do that. And I do think some of the challenges from um, uh, uh, women's perspective, we've created somewhat ourselves. I think that we didn't feel comfortable speaking up or being heard or being confident enough in conversation sometimes um, because we were afraid we might not have been taken seriously, uh, you know, when we were sitting at the table. And so 
I think now the industry has changed in such a way that we don't need to be afraid to do that. We, you know, we're, we're finding that confidence. I think we've, we've had it, but we are, you know, coming into it, I think more now because we are um, seeing, you know, the opportunities we have um, created groups that have allowed us to be seen and be heard. And I think that um, even, you know, creates more confidence around that. And quite honestly, um, there's a lot that we have to bring to the table. There's a lot of gifts, a lot of strengths. Brianna was talking about those um, that we just innately bring to the table. And I, you know, I think folks are waiting for us to bring it, quite honestly, at this point. Yeah, and talk about, you mentioned speaking up. So uh, Cheryl Sandberg wrote a book, and I can't remember if it's called like Leaning In or something like that, but uh, you know, I don't know if you, you, you were both familiar uh, with that book, but that was a big thing. When I read that, I really took away in terms of that it seems like, again, everybody's an individual, but for the most part, men would be like, sure, I'll give that a shot and speak up. And women were more, well, let me think about that. I'm not quite sure they wouldn't have the confidence, you know, for whatever reasons, those are all, uh, you know, playing in the workplace. I guess, do you see that same way now in terms of that that's a challenge is that women don't speak up or men will kind of trample over them again, not in every situation, but it happens more often than sure. you think. Sure. I think that it's just fear, right? We let that fear of, hey, they're going to, um, you know, think that's not a good idea. They're not going to think I have the experience or the, um, you know, the right to be contributing right to that conversation or to, to speak up in that way. And I think that's changing because I think they are seeing other other women speak up and be heard and, you know, take those chances. Right. Um, you know, Jim, you referenced our uh, speaker at um, our partner conference just recently, right? And what was his big story, but that to take the risk. And so that was kind of what I took away from it too, of, you know, he wasn't saying male or female, you know, hey, males take the risk, females don't, it's whoever, right? You gotta take a risk and be willing to, um, you know, put it out there. and. Hey, I've, I've had ideas and things that didn't, you know, I threw out there and they didn't exactly go as planned, but you learn from them. And that gave me um, the confidence to speak up again, quite honestly, is to, to fail and know that it wasn't the end of the world, right? Yeah, and I think you're referencing Mark Randolph, uh, yes. who founded, yes. uh, co-founder of Netflix. Yes, so yes, you yes. spoke at your, uh, mm-hmm. at your virtual conference. But it's, it's interesting that you say, you know, he wasn't making it gender specific. He was saying it to everybody. However, in the common lexicon is behind every successful man is, oh, well, right? Like, I mean, you can fill in the blank. Like everybody knows how you, you know, more or less end that sentence. And so that that seems to be, again, I, I brought that up with Brand a little bit. Do you see that as well? Like there is just this mindset and tradition and I'll, I'll admit this. So this is going back, gosh, 20, 25 years ago, um, a friend of mine, a woman, and she talked about going to see her doctor. And I said, what did he say? And she's like, she, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I've got it in my head, like the doctors are guys. Like that was just how it was burned into my brain forever and ever again. And the common imagery, you know, up until I think recently, if there was a doctor, it was an older white male and so now we're starting to see do you think that's an important thing um and that's helping overcome challenges for women is that people are saying okay there we have to go and fight some of these traditions and and what's kind of baked into people's brains yeah i think i think we are seeing that um today right people are you know are 
trying to um, change that, right? Change that tradition, change that assumption, right? That we all make. I come at it from a very different perspective in that um, when I started in this industry, I was single. I was single for a long time. I traveled constantly. Um, I was one of few women that was out there doing what I was doing for almost seven years, even when I was no longer traveling that frequently, but, you know, still um, pivoting roles. I wasn't married. I wasn't in a relationship. So I wasn't supporting somebody else. I was supporting me. And so I was very independent. And so um, even now that I am married, I don't look at it that way. Like I don't have that perspective. And so I guess my assumptions are the other way, which they probably should be for everybody now, right? That it, it's, you know, up to you, right? Um, and it's not, hey, I've got somebody at home supporting me. It's we support each other or we support each other in our industry, right? As peers and as coworkers. So I come at it from a little bit of different perspective, so. Right, and if somebody's scratching their head and saying like, I don't really think the, you know, traditional viewpoints are, are that baked in, think about, a woman who's not married in her 30s or 40s, how do people describe them compared to a guy who's in his 30s or 40s, right? The guy is a player, the woman, you know, fill in the blanks of what he said. Like there are these traditional things uh, that are that are baked in, unfortunately. And, and again, hopefully like what we're doing today and the Women Women Group will, will help change that. I did have somebody say to me one time, I wish the RSPA didn't have to have a Women to Women Group. And I said, yeah. me too. Like, yeah. but right now we're at the point where we definitely need to have that because women you know have not been integrated as much as we want and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that on the other side of our commercial break so we're gonna pause here let our listeners and viewers know an rsp membership has never been more valuable or affordable annual memberships start at just 250 dollars a year for dozens of highly valuable services for vars vendors and software developers benefit from an rsp membership as well through introductions to var and isv members and showcasing their solutions through the exclusive rspa solution center accelerate your success by joining the rspa Today. Also, the RSPA has launched the next generation of education for the retail IT channel with RSPA Academy Accelerate. This online system offers continuous learning, training, and development opportunities anytime, anywhere from any device. Included are these courses on mentoring, leadership and development, and developing yourself. For more information on RSPA Academy Accelerate, visit Learn gorspa.org and to receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or RSPA sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Okay, so I intentionally wanted to start our conversation today with those two like really open-ended questions about opportunities and challenges. Now I'm hoping that both of you can help enlighten me and enlighten our audience to help us make sense of some things that I've personally run into. So Ray, and I'm hoping you can take this one first. I'll just kind of paint the backstory. So back in 2012, I published a book on hiring best practices, and I was invited to speak to a group of retired executives. So there were like maybe 15 and 20 of them, all men. All right. And so after I gave my overview and asked for questions, the first question is an attendee saying to me, what question do you ask to find out if a woman is planning to start a family soon? And I'm looking at him like, is he putting me on? And like, he wasn't laughing. And I'm like, well, that's an illegal question. And so you don't ask that, I don't ask that, you shouldn't ask that, it's none of your business and it really shouldn't be part of your hiring decision. And he's, and I was the only one who pushed back, nobody else in the room pushed back. And he was like, now come on, like, but what do you really do to find out that information? Like, I know you're supposed to say that, but what's the reality of it? And that experience 
has really shaped my thinking because women have been operating at a huge disadvantage for many years in the business world because that guy was not the only guy who was thinking that and he was making hiring decisions, right? And so it seems like we have to overcorrect to make things right and to get things to where where they need to be. So I tell that story, Brianna, what's your reaction? And then I'll get, I'll get Nell's reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this goes back to, I think, the, the previous question and what Nell spoke about. But I mean, the reality is we do work in a male-dominated industry, and this is true for, for many industries. And I agree, historically and probably in present day, women are operating in the business world at a disadvantage in comparison to men. Uh, how do we level the playing field and overcorrect to make things right? I guess, how do we as a society unlearn generations of programming that taught us to value male over female and assign certain attributes to male and other attributes to female? If it were easy, if there was a simple solution, I think we would have already done it, but it's complex and we will. it'll take conscious effort on all of our parts. I think what we can do in business today is take a hard look at hiring practices and evaluate resumes, gender, and name agnostic. Include women in your interview process. Create an official women-sponsored employee support group. I know, Nell, you mentioned that at your company. Focus on company culture and ways to improve. Take a hard look at your compensation levels for men and women within the same role. Do implicit bias training for all your employees. This was mentioned earlier, but studies show that women are less likely to ask for a raise or apply for jobs that seem more like a stretch outside of their abilities or experience. It takes courage and tenacity to change this, and I think most likely you would get pushback, mostly from people that have benefited from that status quo all along. But if you don't do this, the few female staff you have will go elsewhere, and you'll miss out on a huge demographic in the workforce that has so much to offer and bring to the table. Yeah, and so a, a few things that you mentioned. One is uh, involving women in the interview process. I guess, can you expand upon that? I, I, I know why that's valuable, because I know guys will be like, I like this guy, because we both like the Steelers, right? Or the Packers or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that, that might be because men are more inclined to play football, right? Women don't uh, don't mm -hmm. play football. Can you talk about the value of having a woman in the interview process and mm -hmm. the impact that could have? Mm -hmm. I think naturally men and women, um, they have different things that they would pick up on, um, different questions that would be asked, uh, perceptions of individuals um, that wouldn't come naturally. Um, the same is true from both the men's side and also the women, but it provides a holistic view, I think, of that individual um, and the relevancy of how they would take on a role um, and, and really help your organization grow. Got it. And then talk about that, like you said something about a, a women's support group, and maybe I'm not writing that down correctly. I can see some people saying like, like that's just going to be a gripe fest, right? Or they're just going to get together and talk about how unfairly they're treated. Like, what do you, what should folks envision when you talk about a support group and how is that going to impact the employees and how is that going to impact the bottom line? Because that's what, you know, most business owners are, are caring about. What do you say to the skeptic out there who's saying, I don't have time for that. We don't need to do that. Sounds like it's nothing that we need to invest money in. Mm -hmm. it, it's um, a support group. If you think about the women to women community, the ability for us to share and have the platform to share those challenges, opportunities, mentorship to guide and help other um, younger employees to grow, understanding um, how we can pivot 
and showcase our talents among a, you know a male-dominated wor- world uh, or role. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunities. I wouldn't look at it as a, as a, a gripe fest, as, as you referenced, um, but it allows us to um, maybe let some of our guard down and ask some questions in order for us to help pursue uh, professional growth in the future. Got it. And do you recommend, because I know I've been, uh, sound weird, like I've been part of those groups with other organizations, and they do invite men in that men can listen in and participate uh, in it to expose them to. Do you think that's valuable as well, that it's not just men are not allowed, like men are bad, you know, something like that? Uh, You think it should be more inclusive, uh, but talking about those specific issues, what's your take on that? I certainly uh, would welcome men into that group. I know um, the the book you referenced earlier, we had a um, within my company, um, men and women in a group to read Sheryl Sandberg's The Lean In book. Um, it often it offer unique perspective and vantage points that I don't think men um, understood at the time, but I think it opens um, and breaks down a lot of doors to have them be able to be a part of that conversation. Um, I'm all for it. Got it. Great. Yeah, I think that that's can be helpful because a lot of times guys don't even consider these things and they don't ponder them, but to be able to to be exposed to them. I can say like going to a women to win community meeting at an RSPA event several years ago and hearing a story from Andrea Roberts, who owns a reseller company up in Toronto, talking about when um, she's second generation in the business and uh, her uh, dad had her go out to pick up a check from a customer. And the customer said, like, I'm only working with guys. I'm not giving you the check and i'm like really like somebody actually did that and we're like what'd you do and she's like i just sat there and said i'm not leaving without the check and he's like i'm gonna call your dad and she's like you can call him all day long i'm here to get the check right and i thought i keep like who knew like i know that's been burning in my brain but i i never experienced it but being in that room made me understand that that some women some women do so now what's your take on this again i told that story about uh you know the uh how do you ask women about if they're going to have a family or not? Yes. Uh, what's your reaction yes. in terms of I, what we have to do? I, to get I hope that um, in 10 years that some folks have learned not to ask that question, right? I know you referenced, um, you know, when it was, and they probably, we probably have, you know, not we meaning here, but I mean, in the, in the industry, maybe there is somebody that still thinks they can do that. I hope not. Um, I, but right now, you know, currently in, in the world we're living and working in now, I, I would hope that folks would understand that shouldn't be a concern, right? If you're hiring the right person for the role, that should not impact the ability for um, the uh, continuity of your business, right? If they are going to have children and, you know, take that time. Um, And, and to be honest, I would hope that now, um, folks are thinking about it's not just the um, mother who should be taking some time. Maybe there's some flexibility, right, for the other parent to be taking some time. Um, but I also think that if you've built a strong team and you're bringing someone onto that team and someone on that team is you know, going to have a child, it, there shouldn't be a, a concern because you've got a good, strong team that is already in place that you've built that, you know, when someone is out um, for that, that, you know, business continues, they all are, you know, jumping in and they know enough, right, to help and support and they're there to keep things going. 
Um, and I go back to, you talk about the support groups and, you know, should men be included in that? And, you know, Brianna and I, I think feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. I think they should be included. This is not a, to your point, Jim, a, you know, a time for the women to get together and complain and moan. It is a time for us to try and empower each other, right? Um, you know, lessons learned, opportunities, right? Help build each other up, mentor, you know, help guide folks that are coming into this industry new, um, you know, and, and help guide them and give them some, you know, information and education and resources. And I think that um, getting the support of men within those groups is absolutely, um, you know, important for that aspect of it. And I know that from our own perspective within ScanSource, we have a women's group, but um, Mike Bauer supports it, right? So I would say that any company that is looking to do something like that, um, you know, get your executives involved, get their support, get their involvement, right? Because um, they're going to give you some information that maybe you are not aware of. Uh, maybe they're coming out at a different perspective. Maybe you're misreading something or, you know, you're making assumptions about something and maybe they're making assumptions about something. And right. We need to come together and be able to talk about that, um, you know, respectfully, but, you know, in a way that we can understand each other's sides of it. And so I think it's very, very key to have that involvement, um, you know, with the males as well at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And if there's an underlying theme to our conversation we've had so far is if you have core values to your business, right, and you follow those core values, that's going to follow a fairness, um, you know, guidelines, yeah. essentially. And then if you have really good systems that are based on not just how somebody feels or thinks, right, the actual criteria for a job, for hiring somebody, for what you pay them, and you mm -hmm. follow those, you're going to be able to eliminate a lot of these as well. I can't remember what orchestra it was, and I think a lot of them are doing it now. But now they have the um, uh, the people who are trying out for a spot behind a curtain. So you don't know if they're a man, a woman, tall, short, you know, whatever uh, ethnicity that they are. And boy, before they had that curtain, women hardly ever got picked for those positions. And once they have the curtain, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, sure, sure enough, you know, uh, almost half the folks are, are women there. So. All right, good, good. Thank you for that. And so now let's talk about trade shows. We've kind of referenced it that both of you guys have done a lot of traveling. So I've personally heard stories about men on the road propositioning women at trade shows, right? And so I've, I had one woman tell me, this was at the end of a conference, she said that three different male attendees at that event, just at one event, had asked her to come back to their room. And I thought like, man, I've been going to trade shows for a long time. I've never you know, been part of, of that. And so I, I also see men, you know, at trade shows, I don't think they intend to make a woman feel uncomfortable, like they're not asking them back to the room, but they make comments on their looks, like the booth looks better with you here. I'd rather talk to her than you, you know, things of that nature. And so my advice to men has been like, would you make that comment to another guy, right? How would you feel if a guy said to you, booth looks a lot better with you here? You'd be like, what? Like, what in the world is going on here? So um, I'd like to hear your advice. And Nell, if you can go first, the advice for men who are listening, how they should behave at trade shows. And if you're willing, share any stories that you've experienced or heard along these lines. Because again, again, until this was shared with me overtly by women, what they had experienced, I had a big blind spot to this because I'm not out propositioning women, right? Or commenting on their looks or, or something like that. So can you uh, kind of enlighten uh, our audience and, and me as well? 
Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, I've been in this business, you know, 27 years and I'm not going to say it, it hasn't, I haven't heard it happen or, you know, seen things like that. I don't see it as much now, quite honestly, thankfully. I think, you know, we've educated um, ourselves to hopefully act um, more appropriately, right, in settings like that. And, and I would say now that, you know, again, I go back to we need to, to feel free to speak up um, and, and, you know, it, I think we need to be brave in some instances, whether it is um, geared toward us and comments are made to us directly or even if we're standing there and hear these comments made, I think they need to be addressed in the moment, quite honestly, in the best manner possible, respectfully. But I think, you know, if they're addressed in the moment, right, um, as quickly as possible, I think that's the best way to begin to diminish some of this behavior, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, in the past, we've not felt that we could, you know, maybe we um, feared re repercussions or, you know, not having opportunities, you know, in the business because we didn't want to speak up or we didn't want to uh, get involved from that standpoint or, or cause a stir. But I just think now that it's a matter of we need to be conscious of our behavior toward anyone. Right. And we need to be respectful toward anyone. And again, if it's addressed in the moment, I think that's the best way to handle it um, and, and not let it go by, not let it, you know, just sweep it under the cover or laugh about it. We need to address it. Got it. Thank you for that. Brianna, uh, your take on uh, trade shows, any stories you have to share or any thoughts you mm -hmm. want to share? Um, just to add to Nell, I, I think jokes don't land the same on everyone um, no matter your intent addressing in the moment certainly um, is 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 what i would do another thing i'd want to bring up um, just from my experience in shows in the, on the trade show floor men it seems tend to seek out the people that may have that common executive persona also known as maybe some gray-haired um, older individuals in the booth um, many of us have read the challenger customer and I wouldn't misread the decision maker or mobilizer of that group. Based on the qualities and strengths identified for working women before, I believe that women are great at building internal rapport and consensus among that challenger customer 5.4 group of decision makers. They're great at navigating multiple personalities, organizing, communicating, and becoming those internal champions to drive organizational change for the greater good. I also think that there's opportunities to seek out that next gen, um, people that are eager to jump on to that next level. Um, they're excited about the technology, the growing marketing uh, trends, and they're just ambitious in general. They may be in that launch seat to fill that decision-making decision -making role, and they're going to fill the shoes of an aging population. Got it. Thank you for that. And let me also ask both of you and whoever wants to take this. It seems like, and Nell, you kind of touched on it in terms of it has to be addressed in the moment, but women also have to know that the organization is going to have their back. Mm -hmm. And one thing back when I was at uh, Jameson Publishing, this is where I first ran into this. Like you'd ask a woman how a trade show went and then they tell, oh, and by the way, then this thing happened. I'd be like, wait, what? And so we started telling women when they came on board and then when they were going to their first trade show and we have regular reminders in terms of, because sometimes people would say, well, they're an advertiser and I'm not gonna offend an advertiser. And we're like, oh no, by all means, offend that advertiser. Like we will have your back. We would rather not take their money than have you put up 
with that you know garbage quite frankly and so we were very overt about that and we would say it again from time to time it was never like some yeah we say one thing but here's how we behave so i don't know if either one of when he wants to talk to that about the importance of the organization overtly yeah, stating that go ahead now yeah you're absolutely right um jim that is gonna you know that's something that here at ScanSource, we're very um, adamant about, right, that we're going to support our employees. And you're right, the, the business has to support, regardless, male or female, right, whatever the situation may be that that person's been put in the middle of, if they are coming to you and saying, look, this has occurred, um, you know, you need to have that support. You need to feel comfortable knowing that they do have your back and that they're going to address it and address it appropriately. Um, you know, and making sure that your employees know that um, in whatever is the best manner for them, whether it's training, right, whether it's, you know, um, your managers meeting one-on-one -on -one and making sure that those folks know, your teams know that. But, yeah, I absolutely think that's an imperative piece of, right, folks feeling comfortable and being able to handle things in the appropriate manner, to be honest with you. And I, I've had instances where I've had to um, address folks not – not within scan source at all um previous to my role here and i had that confidence because i knew that that it would be addressed but i have that confidence here if anything ever happened i would i would never question that they would have my back and would support me and whatever that is got it and tying together some things we talked about earlier in terms of traditional thinking and then this whole mm -hmm. trade show thing and i'm so glad i don't i don't hear this phrase anymore but booth babes Right. People would talk about you need to have some booth babes showing off your product. And when I say that, does anybody think that I'm talking about a guy by any means? And is that like <laughs> a complimentary term by any means? Like, no. And I remember I would still hear that. And I'd have to tell people like, yeah, don't say that. Eh, it's a fine thing to say, like, it really isn't like you don't. Well, again, I can go I can go on and on and on. So, all right. A few more questions for you. And uh, Brian, if you can take this one first. And so if you have an answer to this. I would love to hear it because, and so it's just simply, why aren't there more female ISV executives, right? So vendors and distributors, they employ and they have employed many female executives, right? Both of you, uh, you know, are, are great examples of that. For VARs, there are fewer female CEOs and VPs, but there are more of them that we've seen. But what I've seen from an ISV perspective over many, many years inside the RSPA, inside the retail industry, outside the retail industry, there are very, very few uh, female executives in that space. So, Brian, I don't know if you have any thoughts in terms of, well, like, why do you think that is? Why are there so few software developer, female software developer executives? Mm -hmm. um, I think from a broad sense, there is a gender inequality within the, the tech world. I believe it really, it doesn't have anything to do with the ability. It has everything to do with a culture that perhaps deters women from pursuing careers in science or coding or anything technical in nature. That gender divide, it begins early and widens over time with elementary boys and girls being nudged to some sort of particular interests. Um, for example, going to Toys R Us, um, even in present day, the boy aisle is all connects, Lincoln logs, slime kits, remote control cars, and the girls is dolls and art supplies and dress up. So, I mean, women are programmed early on for who we're meant to be, um, be it a housewife, mom, um, and you have to challenge those beliefs and subconscious you sub subconsciously subscribe to throughout your life. The tech world is generally depicted as a place that's ruled by nerdy or 
unconventional guys where women are excluded and maybe an anomaly. There's certain a lack of role models for women um, to emulate. And there's a need for mentors, I think, to advise on those soft and technical skills. The good thing is that our society has recognized that divide. We've made great progress. And I think we'll see more women executives in the software space in the future. Larger companies like Google, Microsoft, Facebook, they all have set aside initiatives to create programs that cultivate and bring these young women up and to pursue their passions within the science and technology field. So you see this as more of a macro issue in terms of the tech world, as opposed mm -hmm. to just like a retail IT channel mm -hmm. challenge. Is that right, Brianna? Correct. And your take on that now? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Brianna um, from that standpoint. It, it's it's wider than just our industry, right? But I also think that um, to her point, you'll see, I think we'll see more um, girls, more females drawn to this industry, drawn to um, ISV applications, you know, those types of, of roles and opportunities, because I think um, as, as a, um, you know, world, we are doing more to open the eyes of those to see what is out there and what's available. There's more programs like STEM programs in the schools that are helping, you know, um, you know, get girls involved in those types of activities and to see that there's opportunity and get them excited about it. And that helps them. I think there's other organizations, right, that can that are out there that help them make them aware. Um, you know, we uh, as a company are involved in some locally and I would encourage, you know, businesses that, you know, feel like that's something they want to help with and help drive more, you know, women in these areas, then get involved, you know, locally if you can, right, to help girls see what's available and give them those opportunities, give them that experience and education. But I do think um, with the use of our everyday apps, right, it's prolific. And I think that that will help drive some of that too, right? Um, users um, become more involved and more interested in it. They're gonna wanna figure out how to get involved in that as well. And so I think we'll, we'll see it grow because of that too. Got it. And I think hopefully some of these emerging verticals, right, the breaking away from the traditional, you know, in our industry, restaurant, retail, grocery, which have been male dominated. So we just had, uh, you know, we're recording this the day after the RSP cannabis community meeting. And uh, we had a couple of folks reporting on that they attended the uh, cannabis conference in Las Vegas. And they talked about diversity is a big theme and it's way more diverse in terms of gender, ethnicity and 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 things like that. And somebody mentioned in the chat, like, it's so great to see so many women on this call in this, uh, you know, cannabis community. I'm like, I wasn't even tracking that, but that is true. Like in that community, there's a heck of a lot of females who are participating. And so maybe those new verticals, those new markets that don't have these traditional, you know, restraints on them, right? The, you know, that are, that are kind of holding people back, that it's more of an open playing field. And so we're, we're going to be able to see uh, more women playing a role so we can, we can certainly hope. I was going to say, like, a girl can dream, right? There's another phrase in there, uh, you know, of doing that. So, uh, but that's that's true as well. So, all right, well, let's close. I want to talk about actionable information for both men and women in our channel. So first, uh, Nell, if we can start with you, what advice would you have for men in our industry to help minimize the challenges for women and maximize their opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I would say to, to someone um, who is, you know, trying to change this what can they do to try and you know change um, this landscape right that we work in is to to be willing to take a risk right take a risk on someone that 
um, might have a little experience, you know, maybe they've not done a lot in this industry, but they show a really good aptitude to learn and to be trained and, you know, learn skills that, that you, you might be looking for, but you haven't found the best candidate. But if they've got a willingness to learn and you have the ability to pour into them, right, and give them that opportunity, then I would say take that risk and hire them. That's exactly how I got into this business. I literally did not have a technical background. Um, and so someone took a chance on me because they realized that um, I could learn, I could be trained, I could be taught, right? And I had a willingness to do that. And, and I was, um, you know, willing to kind of educate myself as much as I possibly could, you know, through that role and to take on some responsibility of educating myself to, to get better at what I was doing, to learn, to have other experiences, to speak up. Um, when I got into marketing, I literally just uh, raised my hand and said, hey, I want to move into this role. I think I can do it. I, you know, I, I've got some experience now and I think it's time. And so I took that risk. And again, that person was willing to give me that opportunity um, many years ago. So I feel like, um, you know, just, you know, if you were in a position to hire a female into these types of roles and they are a good candidate, then take that take that opportunity and take that time to invest, because I think that that is um, how we kind of change the landscape and change the thinking. Well said. Brianna, what's your advice uh, for, for guys? Mm -hmm. I have, I think, three points here. Um, the labor pool is tight right now across the board. Working women make up a large demographic and offer unique skill sets to add to your workforce and help differentiate your value proposition. So going back to what Nell said, taking risks, giving people the opportunity to step up within their career by delegating and providing accountability and autonomy for growth looking to identify those leaders from within your organization. Many are probably looking for the opportunity to advance their careers. And if not within your company, they'll start looking somewhere else. Offering that flexibility and that family first culture is becoming that new norm. We talked about that earlier, but you'll maximize the output of each output potential of each of your employees by supporting their personal values, their home life, and the foundation of what really matters most to them. This is the structure that allows them to do their best work. If you show appreciation to your female employees and what's important to them outside of their work, you'll see uh, a lot of potential. And, and acknowledging that balance required, and I think you'll create more loyal employees and a culture that others can't wait to join. And lastly, people buy from people, not companies. Um, and we're in the people business and have to deal with different personalities. Women represent a big part of our customers and our target audience. There's more women owned and led companies than ever before. Diversifying the backgrounds and the demographic of your employees will provide broader commercial insight as to why customers choose to buy today. Great, thank you. Good advice. And uh, Nell, uh, start with you. What advice do you have for women in our industry, especially those just starting out? Yeah, I, I go back to what I spoke about earlier as being a challenge, and that is um, use your voice, be very confident, um, you know, find a good mentor who can help you, you know, build that confidence, right? And can help you understand what are some things that you need to know, you know, what are some things you need to be building on from an experience standpoint? 
And my suggestion is to get a, a mentor who may not be directly in the industry, right? They can give you a different perspective as well. So I would have one or two mentors, quite honestly, um, that can give you some different perspectives and use the resources around you, right? Um, there are folks around you who have experience in this industry. There are women around you who have had experience in this industry. Ask questions, you know, um, uh, come alongside them, um, you know, see how you can learn from them. Um, and that's what I mean by use your resources. But there's also men who've been in this industry that can teach you as well. So don't, I would say, don't discriminate it when it, when it comes to using your resources, right, and learning from those. Um, and I, the other thing I would say is don't let the industry overwhelm you. You need to go in and overwhelm the in industry. You need to come in with your talents and your abilities. Um, you need to grow those talents and abilities. And then, you know, what is the specific skill set that you are really good at, that you are talented in? And take that into this industry, into a role that you have, um, and, and wow, you know, wow the industry with that skill set and with that. Um, and the other thing I would say is don't think that there's not a place for you in this industry if you are not a technical person. I think that's part of the challenge of why we don't see more women in this space still is because it's, hey, it's technical and maybe I don't like technical, right? I get it. Maybe that's not your forte is I don't want to be an IT specialist. Well, that's not the that's not what this industry is. And there's so many different roles um, within this industry that we need and are needed and are a huge part of it. And that goes anywhere from a sales position it's legal roles, right? Um, it's finance, it's engineering, it's marketing. Um, you know, it's, it is support and technical support, but there are so many other aspects to it that I think get overlooked and folks don't know enough about. So that would be my advice. Go, go out there and, and ask questions and, and learn and dig. Great. I love it. And just to make a confession, to be honest with you, I don't like technical. Like I'm not some like get all excited about technology. Like when people say you have to upgrade your phone, I see that as a burden, right? And so I've been able to survive in this industry for uh, for 20 plus years. So yeah, figure out your niche and what you can do special uh, and different. That's uh, that's good advice. Brianna, uh, what would be your advice for for women again, especially those just starting out in our industry? You have the last word. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at ways to grow outside of your comfort zone and skill set. You don't turn down opportunities that scare you. Lean into those. Diversifying your organizational understanding will position you for growth. The companies, or companies do hire subject matter experts, but their their skills can be narrowed and focused, but leaders can pivot between other departments. And I think if you look for other opportunities to scale your understanding of the business, you're, you're setting yourself up for uh, future career growth. Um, echoing what Nell said about mentorship, get a mentor, become a sponge, remembering that there's different types of mentors, men, women, formal, informal. Mentors come from above, but they also come from below. Mm -hmm. These are the people that help ground you, um, where informal mentors can be more personal, but informal mentor or formal mentors can push you and stretch you to reach your personal and professional goals. You, you schedule your success both personally and professionally. Also, um, bringing all your passions to the table, listening to your team and given the opportunity, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. I've 
had the opportunity to bring in people for my maternity leave three times now. Each time I'm looking for unique capabilities and skill sets where I don't feel I am the strongest in. I want them to come in and I want to sponge everything that they're going to teach to our team and to me professionally. And acknowledging that and being vulnerable doesn't mean I think that you're weak. Every leader can describe a failure in the learning opportunity that they've taken away and it's a room for growth showing empathy and giving a little of yourself in those opportunities just makes you feel more human and lastly i think the ability to adapt and embrace change our industry and the technology is is constantly changing how you pivot plan and execute around those changes matters and it leads to new opportunities if you're solution oriented authentic and agile, I think you'll uh, be able to grow well within your career. Great. Thank you for that. And I'll, if, if I can give advice for both men and women, and I learned this when I first got into the industry from your old boss, uh, Brianna, Mark Olson, be a lifelong learner, right? Like for, for the guys, read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Understand that there are parts uh, that are going on that you don't understand either in people younger than you or a different gender uh, than you. So yeah, advice to everybody is is always keep learning, be a, be a lifelong learner. So, well, that does it for this episode of The Trusted Advisor. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy, the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSP blog. You can find it at gorsp.org and then clicking on RSP blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Brianna and Nell for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thank you. This is a conversation that I've wanted to have for a long time and really appreciate your contributions to it. Thanks also to RSP Marketing Manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody. Everybody.